Brotaku Men of Culture Games Weekly Episode 17 recording Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. I'm your host Aaron, joined by the now full-time Brotaku Men of Culture, <laughs> Jordan Diaz. Hello, glad to be here. Fresh off the uh, couch. It has been a really terrible couple weeks for me and my friends. It, it really <laughs> has been, honestly. I'm like, wow, now this is happening too. But like... Whatever, man. Like, so for, Granite City did not listen to our sponsorship, please. In fact, I think we probably should sponsor them at this point because uh, I think we have more money now. <laughs> well, I mean, unless it's been liquidated, they're they're a bankrupt company, right? Yeah. So exactly, they're a free, they, I mean, someone already bought them, so oh. we just didn't make the cut. Our store, well, yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It, I, we live in like a bad city for this kind of thing, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the thing, and like. And look no further than Cherry Vale Mall for, like, uh, just the, the face of the city or how it's feeling at the moment. Because you can walk into that store and it'll be a completely different mall, like, store-wise, next month. Well, and a lot, like, the last time I went there, I was more depressed. Just, like, there was, like, just how many stores were empty. Exactly. And, I mean, unfortunately, just... I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, it's convenient things like Amazon. But, like, when we, when we go to the dark side, we got to realize, hey... My cat's all up on Jordan's <laughs> Jordan's shiz. Oh, yes. Okay, anyways. Yeah, so sorry about that. That sucks, but greener pastures of weight, right? That's true. I mean, is what I've been saving up money for. I was going to say, we just talked about how you hoard money. I do. I hoard money like crazy. And, you know, it. The if there's one thing I know more than video games is being unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite experienced in this field. And I know exactly what to do to get out of that sort of like, right, rump that you. And it's get usually never into. your fault. So yeah, exactly. So I I filed for unemployment already. I it's like how many times taxes. can I get a job that's just going to close down? Like, <laughs> that too. I uh, shoe in for unemployment too, and that'll take care of most of my expenses. I'm what was it, around two hundred bucks a week, is what it says. As long as I keep up the job right. finding, so I'll I'll be good for a while. As long as I and I mean, you just have to like apply for a job, and just even if they're all like, "Hey, do you want to come in for an interview?" Like, no, I'm good, and then be like, "I tried," <laughs> and that's what we call living off the system, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep, indeed. A um, little lighter news, maybe. Yeah. We need to have some poop talk, Jordan. We do need. What about what about your? We poop? need to How's have some poops? poop talk. So this weekend, a little backed up. Yeah. After two days, I started growing a little concern. That's not normal for yeah. Aaron. So for the first time in my life, I popped a laxative. And let's just say, Jordan, the thing that came out of me, unspeakable. <laughs> but it was quite the experience. I This this subject always fascinated me because as a former host of Granite City, there were times when I needed to like clean out the bathrooms or make sure everything's picked up and tidy. Some of the things that come out of the human body, I cannot fathom. Yeah. Seriously, it's it's terrifying. I've never taken a laxative myself, and apparently it's all the norm. And I, I, I told my younger co-workers one day when they were asking me about, like, you know, living as an adult, I would say, you know, normal bowel movements? Why are you, you asking just, me? <laughs> you can just kiss that goodbye for the, <laughs> for the rest of your adult life. You can just kind of kiss that away. If you're drinking coffee, if you're stressed out, these things, they're going to happen. I'm sorry to have brought that up, but I, I brought it up while we were playing WoW this week, and Mike's all like, I want poop talk on the podcast. So, Mike, that was that was for you. Well, Mike, there you go. Jordan, 
we've got a show. Yeah. Um, news the last couple weeks, we're there. We're, we're back in the swing of things. Hey. We had that holiday low, but we're back. We have nine news items. The ninth one is the roundup. I like the way that worked last week for news I feel like it needs to get brought up, but doesn't deserve a whole... Yeah, didn't even be expanded upon. Yeah, you know. So we, we've got the roundup. We're going to talk about games that refuse to die. We're going to be talking about Riot Games. We're going to be talking a little bit of Final Fantasy Seven Remake Jordan, but first we will start with Always. What have you been playing? I have been playing a lot of Division 2. Oh, okay. I downloaded it. Uh, It's done at this point, but if you followed Brotaku Men of Culture on Facebook, you would have known that the Division 2, the base game, because an expansion just came out today, was only $2.99 on all platforms. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, uh, my only issue with the game so far... Has literally just been you play, you play in shocker <laughs> and Epic Games, just not trying to talk together. Yeah, they're trying to talk together and it's not working really well. And it's like, but it, everyone, there was about the first day that I downloaded it, I got it got finished at like one thirty. I was like, I could stay up for a little bit just to test it out, and I couldn't get in. And I guess like. The servers were fine. Something didn't download properly. I needed to open up. Now I have to open up Uplay in order to open it up, even though it's an Epic Games launcher as well. So there was all that nonsense. And then I uninstalled and reinstalled it, and I was able to play afterwards. And that game is very fun. Yeah. Uh, I loved the first one. was amazing. And then their first couple patches, they did some very questionable things, which I've heard heard they got around to rectifying. And then with the Division 2, that's been on an upward trajectory. So I'm yeah. very excited to get into this kind of game again. Yeah. So it's the Division 2 is based off of uh, kind of post-apocalypse... United States. Yeah, in the first game, I assume it follows the exact same story. In the first game, it kind of there was like a coronavirus on Black Friday. Yes, that it, that's kind of the thing that what happened here. Uh, there's a big virus. It's kind of like the people are calling like the dollar flu, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, again, I know it like really in the game lore, it like broke out on Black yeah. Friday, like crushed society because you know capitalism. And if you put a, a virus onto that, we eat that up. We're gonna eat it no matter what, and. There's a bunch of factions, you know, bandits, stuff like that. You're you're pretty pretty much fallout is what happened. Except things recovered a lot quicker since nothing was like irradiated or anything. Yeah, it wasn't like, like that. nukes went off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, you play as a secret agent, not secret agent. You play as an agent, a U.S. agent. I was and about to say you play as a secret agent on your computer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wordplay there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you play as a U.S. agent, and your codename is Sheriff, and you just, so far, I'm just cleaning house. Uh, all these other factions that, that come out, just your your average bandit, maybe some, like, some ex-military people that I take care of. Uh, a lot of, I wouldn't say role-playing game, but I think it is. It's, it's like it's definitely an RPG. It's, a, it's an RPG, but it's a third-person shooter, and there's, you know, there's loot drops and stuff like that, and... And I know there's raids and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, what I've been noticing, I'm kind of getting like a Spider-Man vibe from this. Not like swinging from building <laughs> to building, but like in the fact that it's like it's a free roam through a city and little events will pop out inside of the city. Like, oh, so they do have the little events kind yes. of turn. So I'll Are be, they a little more in-depth this time? Because last time it was just like, oh, like four guys showed up, kill them. It, it is in-depth now. Okay. It's a... Uh, 
I'll be walking to a again a developers. New... If you're making games like this, Guild Wars Two, please just play like ten minutes of it. It is kind of like gonna that. Go, yes. Oh, okay. I wish I could take all the MMOs and just put them all together. The stuff that they do well, and you'll make the perfect one. If you but... go back to like episode two, we did that. Yes. Oh yeah, we did talk about that in episode two. Uh, yeah. So I'll I'll be going to one point on the map. Like, I'll be going to a safe house, whatever like that. And then all of a sudden, there's an alert that's like, hey, these these bandits are doing a public execution of some, um, of some like, neighbors and or some innocents, whatever like that. And you're supposed to disrupt or something like that. Or someone's doing, like, a propaganda broadcast and you need to shut it down. And the way that that happens is you clear out the first one, you activate the, prop, the propaganda thing, you try to take it down, and then... A wave of enemies comes, and then it stops and says it needs a key card. Luckily, the key card is with the the wave that just came in. So you mow them all down, and then you you swipe the key card, and then another wave comes in. So it's kind of like a defend the the point sort of thing, or it's you know eliminate the guys that are trying to do the public ex- execution or something like that. And then there's control points uh, alongside the maps. That you go to and they're like heavily fortified and you can call for backup and then you can take the point afterwards. So I, that's all I've been doing. Uh, it's really hard to not just do these things on the map when they pop up. It's know? the open world problem. Where yeah. It's just all like, go do this main thing. But what if this never happens again? I have to do yeah, this side thing like right now. There's like 20 or 30 things while, go, while walking these streets. And not to mention like all the like little pieces of loot that you pick up along the way. Like like collectibles and stuff throughout the city. So that's what I mean by like Spider-Man back, uh, the other Spider-Man games, they would be like, hey, this guy's robbing a bank, go stop him. Or like, this guy's, you know, robbing this dude, taking, he took this person's purse. And that's just the whole game. It's just, everyone needs your help. And you know, while you're trying to do something else, there's always something to do. So far, I'm about level 14 and like, I hadn't had a reason to put the game down besides you know, going to sleep. Or, or, like, in my case, I, I installed the game I was going to play with you the first day you were playing it. Yeah. And then it was like, they're doing maintenance. You were like, they're doing maintenance in a half hour. And I'm like, why would they do maintenance on a game on Sunday? It was because their expansion was launching. Yeah. So I was like, oh. I noticed that, too. I opened it up again after it loaded for a while, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's this is nice. Oh, yeah. I, I'm looking for... I want a game like that. Like, and I think Destiny still... I mean, I'll have to see. I haven't played the Division 2. I feel like Destiny 2 still does it better. My issue with Destiny 2 is just everything is such a grind. It's impossible. Like, unless you're willing to have that be your game, it's, like, impossible to catch up. I just want a game. I want a loot grind game like this. Like, I don't mind the grind, so to say. But, like, when literally, like, you can't raid unless you have XYZ gun, and you literally have to grind for, like, 20 hours to get, like, one of those guns, it's like, I can't do that. Yeah, I'll have to check on that, because with the, uh... With the crafting system in the game, I never feel like I'm, like, put out. And also, there's a mod system in the game, and all you have to do is either discover the mod once or craft it once. And you can use it on all your guns, no matter what. So I I just spend a little materials making these mods that, like, okay, now your handling is better or your recoil is, be- uh, mm-hmm. is handled better. Or, or this one, you know, you have extended, like, zoom range, but your reload time is slower. Right. And those those things are so cool. I can customize the weapons that I use. You have three weapons. You have your main, your sidearm, and then you have another weapon. 
and it's just so fun. And then you have two abilities too, and with grenades mm-hmm. and and armor uh, kits and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. Like I'm having so much fun playing this game. I'll definitely have to get in and check it out. Anything else? Um, besides that, uh, the World of Warcraft we played, and that's that's pretty much it. I haven't played too much. I'm I'm starting to get more into the weeklies and and dailies and stuff because of Alyssa and her right. friend when we're doing that. We've done some PvP too. Having two Shadow Priests and one Fire Mage is pretty gross. Oh, I'm sure. Especially because <laughs> the Shadow Priests can just kind of heal. Yeah, they can. we heal off each other and then we both have Vampiric Touch and yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I you can do, a lot do of you can do well enough to get stuff. Mm-hmm. It, the world PvP is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So. I was world PvPing with Robert the other day. Yeah. And we were just ganking people because, like, unless you got that's the problem. My biggest issue with just PvP in general in that game, unless you're doing structured PvP, in which case it's just like usually super sweaty. Yeah. Like it's just like whoever has more people. <laughs> that's that's what world PvP means, by the way. Is that. It's um, out in the game itself. Yeah, it's out in the overworld of the game instead of like something Battlegrounds where you queue up for and they put you in like a 10v10 situation. You just find whatever schnub is is farming for mine, for, you know, rocks or something like that and you just go and you kill them. Mm-hmm. That's world PvP. It's, there's no rules. Right. <laughs> um, as far as WoW for me goes, nothing really new to report. Uh, my... Raid Finder group has continued. Second weekend, we had Robert join oh, cool. me and my sister this week. I'll be here this week. Awesome. <laughs> no work for you. Um, no, that was kind of fun, the new part, you know, um, because it was the new part this week. This is the first time I've done it. This is the first time I've done a new week, like, on a new week. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, you know, we, were, we, were, we were figuring things <laughs> out, and then, like, I had, to, like, I had, like, a thousand macros to, like, yell at people because, like, Clearly, nobody uses DBM. Like, like at least it's, half a raid finder. It's like there's one. There's like one add-on you have to have if you want to raid at all at any level. Get DBM because DBM literally just tells you what to do in raid finder. Yes, and DBM stands for Deadly Boss Mod, and it's it's a mod that literally shouts the mechanics of the fight to you in game. In my opinion. If you have deadly boss mods, that's seventy percent of your yeah. raid is right there. If you if you don't have that, you can be a good player and you don't have deadly boss mods, and you're probably gonna suck still. But uh, it was kind of like I said, it's kind of fun. We had the trial and error figuring things out. It's one of those things like I can't believe how much easier. Like I can't imagine trying to do that if there like wasn't three of us talking to each other. Yeah. Because the fight in particular that our group struggled on, we only I think it was the only boss we wiped on, but we wiped like three or four times. And I know that doesn't sound crazy, but like you know, when you get like seven, eight minute fights going, like yeah, that adds exactly. up. Um, there's a this, during the second phase, like different organs pop out, and you're supposed to just DPS down one of the organs. Well, we didn't realize the other two. We did at first. We didn't realize two other ones spawned. We thought it like yeah. just went around the room one spawning at a time. Well, the other two spawn, and there's an interrupt on them. So, like, if they keep casting these summons more like these, like, blobs that, like, explode when they die. Yeah. And it can get really chaotic. So, eventually, we figured that out. And, again, luckily, having three people, we were able to be all like, okay, Robert, you go interrupt that one. I'll go interrupt the middle one. And then we'll tell the rest of the group to sit yeah. on the one we're supposed to kill. So, it's just, like, I just can't believe it. There's another boss earlier on where he splits the raid into two groups. Like, he'll split himself into, like, four different yeah, copies I know of this himself. one. Yeah. yeah, so he splits himself into four different copies of himself, and he makes half the raid gets a 
purple debuff and half the raid gets like an orange debuff and you can only see you see three different ones on each side and then you both see the correct one that you're supposed to go attack yes and like we literally we that wiped boss on is it so fun we wiped <laughs> on it twice i think this week once or twice and it it literally boiled down to just me and my sister getting different ones both times just like yeah. every time during the fight just so we could talk to each other about it yeah that one is it's just a big game of telephone if you if you go up to someone and you see a bunch of people attacking something that's not there you're like hey guys there's that's not the real one and then you go attack something else it's kind of like a guessing one uh what what we were doing was we were running in a path alongside like the clones and stuff like that and we would stop if there was one there and then if uh, your group kept running forward that meant they can't see that one so they we kept going and people were using like marks and stuff and like a tech well, skull. Well, and that's the funny thing. I was doing the marks too, and everybody got like super mad after the first wipe. They're all like, "You're doing this stupid." I'm like, "I called out purple here, 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 and unmarked." Yeah. And they were mad that I didn't mark the one. I'm like, literally, there was one not by a mark. Just say unmarked. <laughs> People. Yeah, it's easier to mark the ones that you know your buff can see, and then they mark theirs, and then the ones that are unmarked is the one that's real. Well, I, I, I was dropping, like, the actual, like, raid yeah. markers, not, like, yeah, that's marking the mob itself, yeah. Because yeah. we, you can't see that uh, if it's not there for the other person. It, it, that's interesting. But you can see the marker. You can't see yeah, it. the if, marker. If, if the you mark the, the actual thing, person, yeah. yeah, you can't see it. But mm-hmm. if you mark the actual marker, yeah. That's what we were it. using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's that's a very interesting fight. That's That's pretty cool. That they made it so that you can't see an enemy and, and they can't see I'm sure enemy. it's a joke normally, but... Yeah, it, it, well, if it, it, the damage, like the AOE damage that he's doing constantly in that phase, if that starts to ramp up or if it puts like a debuff on you that increases, that could probably get pretty hairy, but I haven't checked into it. But who knows, we also struggled on that battle for the Zaldazar or whatever fight where you just had to call out different people's robot markings. We struggled yeah, on yeah. that, so <laughs> never know. Uh, aside from WoW, I've been playing some battle royales fortnite continues um just doing just grinding daily fortnite, i'm okay with the fortnite but i really like fortnite the next one after that that's the one i like eh. been playing a little apex legends uh. i don't know you're just bad my friend i i, I possibly yeah I i'm can't. out here popping off and you and robert are just laying on the ground dead the entire time well, we did kill the first person that we spawned next to in game. A lot of that, I'm just not familiar with the map. Right. And also, it's so hard to see some of these characters. Yeah. And, like, the footsteps aren't as good in this game as other boy- Battle Royales. I can't like, hear them at all. A lot of times, like, I don't know if somebody's there until we're just, like, lit up. Yeah, exactly. And, like, a lot of it's, like, open field, which means you can't really hear them. And the it, the planes are, like, weird, the inclines and stuff. It's, it's strange to me. It's not like Fortnite where you can make your own... I was about to say, and I'm like... And it's a skillless baby game where shooting is everything, so it's yeah. not like you can build like a real man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I really enjoy Apex Legends. My biggest complaint with it is how is there still not at least a solo in a duos mode? Yeah. Like, I want to play that game more, but oftentimes we have either too many people or not enough people. Yeah, Like, that's I feel true. like Robert and I would probably play that game a if we could just go in with the two of us and they have played around with solos and duos modes but it's always a limited time mode and they always say they're all like we're just so afraid we want the games balanced around having three people fine balance the game around the threes (laughs) yeah 
I don't care. Just give me the option. Because right now, the only way, I like, there's no way to practice without feeling bad that you're gimping your team. That too, yes. That's what I was going to tell you. Is it, If they brought off those other modes, I'd be more... Uh, I'd be more receptive to this game because I'd be able to on my own time without having to just you know spend all the time jumping and blah 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 and then landing and then dying in which case I learn nothing and my friends are inconvenienced I'd rather just figure this stuff out on my own either that or one option I wish these games have and I don't know why they don't yet Fortnite kind of took a step in the right direction I just want bot modes yeah like and I'm just saying like I know they're all bots. I just want to queue with bots. Like PVE? Yeah, yeah. Like, why can't I just, like, again, like a practice. Like, like don't don't have it count for anything. Don't let me do challenges in there. But if I just yeah. want to play the game, just let me queue with bots. <laughs> the only game that I know that in its own genre has a practice mode is Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it, Heroes of the Storm is so consumer-friendly. Even though it's like, oh, purchase just for skins and for champions. It, buying new heroes is yeah, not you, a big deal. Just play the game. But it's like, hey, do you want to... It's not like League of Legends where you have to like look up a video to see how they play. Um, Heroes of the Storm is like, hey, you want to try out this hero? And if you like him, you can buy him. And it's like, oh, you want to try out the skin to see what it looks like? You can do that too. And you can do it and play it out in this little practice scenario that they have going on. Right. I'm like, oh my goodness. This is this novel. Is, this is so good. <laughs> novel. Yes. Um, and then aside from that, I, I installed and played two rounds. So I cannot really speak to this at all. But I played two rounds of Legends of Runeterra. What are, you can at least tell us your first impression. Yeah. So Legends of Runeterra is Riot Games card game. It's based off League of Legends characters. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's it definitely plays a lot different than any card game. I know of anyway, not saying that yeah. there isn't a card game out there that plays this way. Uh, so basically every every round, one person gets the attack coin and the other person does not. And everything that happens in this game, you get a chance to react to. So like within the rounds, like you have the attack point, which means any point within this round, you can declare an attack. Don't necessarily have to. But if you like summon a monster, I can summon a monster. If you play a spell, I can ah. play a spell. Like there is a reaction to everything. And then when you attack, like you can declare your defenders and it's kind of like magic where you like you don't have to, but you can be like I want to defend this guy, I want to defend that guy, and then everything resolves. And then again, kind of like in Hearthstone, you get mana every turn. Mm-hmm. So like you're never like like you're never mana starved, so like it always starts. It's just you don't a have nice, that magic. It's a nice issue. curve. Yeah. yeah, it's like I've always wanted to play magic where you just set aside like ten land cards or whatever and flip one over every time, like that. I've always thought that would be an interesting way to play it. Yeah, that was always something that kind of irritated me when I played magic. Is uh, yeah, you can have your right composition of like you need to have this many lands in a deck that that that's this big, but. It was it was never very competitive. RNG can always be against yeah. you. It was never very competitive. Like I don't see like I know there's Magic the Gathering tournaments, obviously, but it's not going to get big screen because it's based on RNG, which is like, hey, you can draw your first hand. Which I mean, in fairness, card games are inherently RNG. Yeah, but especially when you're like trying to draw for something to play. That's why I think the like the physical WoW card game handled it very cool where you could just always play a card face down yes you can always use anything as a resource yeah and yeah i i missed the old uh 
World of Warcraft training card game. It's good. We were getting into it. Like we were but, very into it. <laughs> I was buying cards off the internet, and you know, I think someone stole my identity while buying these cards from like freaking uh, India or something. <laughs> And some some guy got a hold of my stuff. That's the only time that someone actually got my credit card information was when I was buying World of Warcraft trading cards. What a nerd! <laughs> but yeah, um, we I definitely playing. <laughs> I definitely want to keep looking at it. Um, I'll look at it too. That sounds fun. Yeah, they um, they limit how many cards you can just buy like buy every day, every yeah. week. So it's not like you can put money into it, but it's not like super obnoxious. And I haven't gotten around to really playing with it yet, but you can. Basically, everything you do gives you points, and you can use the points specifically to craft what you want. You don't have to just buy packs and hope for the best. Yeah. You can always make what you want. And um, there's, like, a neat little progression system. I'm in the tutorial progression right now where everything I'm doing is giving me experience towards, like, certain card unlocks. Like, there's specific cards I'm unlocking. And then apparently once you're done with that, it opens it up and there's a couple different ones. So like you can always work towards, like you can click all these things and see what cards there are and always work towards what you want. Another thing and what will probably honestly more than anything keep me around in this game is the dailies. You can do them versus the AI. (laughs) Yay! That's what you were just talking about. Yeah, like seriously, again, like I don't, I like card games, but I'm not so into them where like I'm constantly keeping up on what is the best. I just want to play and have fun. And you can't do that when, like, in Hearthstone, you have to play against actual people. Well, and also, like, in in Hearthstone, they initiated the whole, like, wild, like, sort of, like, play style. And then they have, like, what is legal right now. Which I feel like will eventually happen in this game. I feel like that eventually happens in all card games because you just, you don't know how something made in this case like you don't know how something made in 2020 is going to synergize with something put out in 2025 yeah assuming coronavirus hasn't killed us all by then yes <laughs> which wash your hands everyone please please wash your hands that's all you need to do uh and it, yeah I, I always found it interesting before they implemented the whole like uh the wild uh what's it called wild mode of hearthstone which means like you you can use any card that you want um that I, before they implemented that, it was really weird. It was really cool seeing like old constructed decks against the newer stuff with like Inspire and like and there was, it was a Death Rattle deck that from back in the day, and you had to think like, oh man, what was in this deck back back in the day, and how does it match up against this one? And and it it it, it like you said before, it sucked when you that gets invalidated, and you need to make these new decks. And you can't do it because people already have them and you can't beat them. Right. And it's not fun losing mm-hmm. to these decks that are just so powerful. And the fact that you can just grind up in Legends of Terror, you can do your push-ups on the side to get that money <laughs> right? in order to get yourself stronger before you even go out there and challenge other people. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so it's free to play. Uh, so if you like it, you can check it out. Uh, it is early on still. Like, you can't just, like, queue to fight somebody. So you can't just, like, go fight your friend. Yeah. Like, you just have to kind of hope you would randomly match Touché. against each okay. other. But, I mean, I'm sure that's coming. Yeah, of course. I'm impressed so far. Good to hear. All right, Jordan, let's move on to the news. We have nine news items this week, as I said earlier. We will start with Sony number one. Ahead of its hotly anticipated launch on April 10th, 2020, Square Enix has released a free demo of Final Fantasy VII Remake to the PlayStation Store for your pleasure. 
according to DualShockers.com. Uh, and not DualShockers.com. I can confirm I saw it. It's downloading right now on my PlayStation 4. <laughs> uh, the news originally came from way of the Final Fantasy VII Remake official Twitter page. DualShockers notes that the demo will allow you to try out the first section of the game, the Mako 1 Reactor bombing mission. However, unlike most demos these days, you will be unable to carry progress over to the actual game. The reason for this seems to be that Square has chosen to make some differences in the demo from what will actually be in the game. Probably to help keep things fresh, not spoil. I, I like. It seems like I've played Final Fantasy VII, I beat Final Fantasy VII before, but I don't remember anything about it like it was not it memorable like that sort of game mind, yeah but um so i'm sure there's a lot i watched of i watched like part of a playthrough the other day and the guy was all like normally you'd walk through this door and come out like 20 minutes later yeah and he's so like they've added some some girth Ooh. but uh, either way um where was i if you're interested in the game many outlets have been posting impressions of their first three hours with the game online uh that started yesterday some places have four hours so i don't know i don't know if some people were just special or some people didn't use their entire time but we will have our impressions of the demo for you next week i don't know about you but i'm gonna play it so <laughs> uh my god jordan this game looks beautiful it like, does i, I like I the more pictures. like i was not Maybe. excited about this at all like at all but the more i've seen about it like mainly the last like three months i've been like i'm gonna be tempted to buy this <laughs> yeah so there's this it the best way i can describe it is there's hard core anime and that sort of thing in video games uh when it comes to 3d looks kind of awful it looks like bad cgi when people just put straight anime into like a video game because it needs to be on a 3d plane uh for you know what they're going for and then you have like the more realistic things like Uncharted and, and stuff like that. It looks really good. It looks like actual people. You can like see the pores on their face and stuff like that. And you can see them like actually like sweating and it, it looks real. Uh, like actors because they motion cap. Uh, and then there's this middle holy land that that this Final Fantasy VII remake is entering, which is just like you have the Japanese influence. And then you also made it realistic, like you toned down like some of the anime things, but still, it's still anime. It's it's still a JRPG, and it's amazing. I've seen it. I I saw what uh what Tifa looked like, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I saw what Cloud looked like, and even like Barrett, and I was like, wow, this looks this looks really good. <laughs> I was about to say honestly, my biggest fear at this point is getting this falling in love and then square being like yeah we're not finishing this there's no way it took us like 10 years to get this part out yeah <laughs> well that's always because that's what sucks it's episodic and there's no reason like they're all like it's too big it's too ambitious i'm like the witcher 3 exists there's no way this yeah, is too big you're being there's some way you yeah. are greedy <laughs> <laughs> which is fine but just say it don't sit here like this is too big of a project it's like CD Project Red would like to have a word with you. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what Cyberpunk's gonna look like. Yeah, if, but Division Two, World of Warcraft is an entire freaking world. Okay, you can, you can calm down. It's great. You could do better than that. But Figured whatever. Yeah, I'll be interested because they said they want to make every part like a full blown game. But I just, yeah. I don't know how you make like. A, what does that mean? Does it mean twenty hours? Does it mean thirty hours? Does it mean ten hours? I don't want to spend. Well, I don't know what you just said before. They they. They're putting some girth in this game. Yeah. And well, like if, I said, so if they can keep that up, great. Yeah, but. Exactly. If they can keep that up, because I've I've had 
some of my favorite games were two discers. Uh, Tales of Symphonia was two game, uh, two discs, and I, I maybe have about three hundred four hours, four hundred hours in that game, and I, I can tell you, you can put a lot of good stuff in there, and it, and even if it's just like one of those wandering things, which are what Final Fantasy games are, it's like, ooh, what's this? And then you go over there, and there's just like this little kind, tiny. And I have no doubt that it will have it eventually. I just, again, I don't remember Final Fantasy VII very well. Can you do that all in Midgar? Because the first game is only Midgar. They yeah. said that. So I think you have a blessing. I think not being able to remember a game and playing it again in a, in a different mindset is pretty awesome. Especially because people have been very positive on this. But there, are a lot of people have said, I think people who haven't played Final Fantasy VII will enjoy this even more. Just because they don't have that memory. That's like, me. I'm, I'm going to be it. interested. All right. Moving on, Jordan, to number two, via an article on Push Square by Robert Ramsey. We now know what free games you will be getting this month of March if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Less notably, in my opinion, is Sonic Forces. However, gamers are in for a real treat with the Shadow of the Colossus PS4 Remaster. Shadow of the Colossus was originally a Team Eco game, the remake done by Bluepoint Games, that follows a young man who's attempting to resurrect a fallen loved one by slaying giant beasts. It is a huge open world inhabited only by you, your horse, rest in peace aggro, Matt Slate, or Matt Check, you monster, and these <laughs> giant beasts. The feeling of loneliness is only surpassed by your questioning of right and wrong. Shadow of the Colossus is a top five game for me. And it's one of the greatest games ever made. I'm sure this is a perfect way to play it. So I hope you do so. Yes, I agree. I, I myself have not played Shadow of Colossus. I've watched other people play it. Like, uh, I think we did that during those Saturday night. Yeah, we watched Matt Check. Yeah, we watched Matt Check. Agro. You don't have Agro. to kill the horse, George. Yeah, I mean, he he's just a horse killer. But yeah, I, I do recommend this game to everyone that wants to know, like... Where it all came from? Right. Why? Why are video games so great? This is this is part of the, the yeah. answer. Like if that. if you were making like a, a case for like video games and art, I, this would be in my pile mm-hmm. that I would bring you because it's oh man, it's just so good. It's so atmospheric, and I'm just coming from the PlayStation Two slash PS3 up res. Yeah. I'm not. I've never touched this remake, and oh, I've you haven't, see, have I've you seen, seen it, it yeah. before. Like it's jaw dropping, gorgeous. Something I need to get around to. Mm-hmm. There's just way too many games, yeah. and I've already played it. Yeah, so we live in a rich, uh, a rich time. It's hard. It's so hard, Jordan. All right, let's move on. Number three, Microsoft fans, don't worry. This one's for you via an article on GameSpot by Kevin. Kevin, we now know what free games you will be getting this month of March if you're an Xbox Live Gold subscriber. For the entire month of March, you can pick up Telltale's Batman The Enemy Within for Xbox One. That is the second part of their Batman story. I don't know if they ever finished their Batman story or if that was like a casualty of their untimely closing. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, March 16th through April 15th, you can get uh, Shantae Genie Hero for Xbox One. March 1st through 15th, you can get Castlevania 2 Lords of Shadow on Xbox 360. And finally, March 16th through the 31st, you can get Sonic Generations for Xbox 360. As always, any Xbox 360 games received through Xbox Live Gold are backwards compatible on Xbox One. And unlike PlayStation Plus, if your subscription lapses, you get to play these games still regardless. You actually own them, unlike PlayStation Plus, which is like a... A subscription service, essentially. That's actually... I think you talked about it before, but that's a very 
like diverse uh, set of games that they just offered you. Yeah, like Shantae is a, is an indie platformer. Uh, of course, Telltale, Batman, Telltale's it's pretty much its own like genre. genre. Yeah, yeah. So if you're ever interested in that sort of like storytelling, it not it's kind of a game. It's more like choose your own adventure sort of thing. Yeah, but it's still really fun. And then you have Castlevania. Uh, it's it gives you a good bang for your buck sort of deal. Keep it up, Phil Spencer. You're you're doing good. You're and unlike back. Sony, like they they keep giving you four games as yeah. opposed to Sony's. So I'm like, you get two now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, moving on to not even happier news. Nintendo number four. Months after its release, Nintendo Mobile Cash Grab Mario Kart World Tour is finally getting multiplayer. This game is just. Like, it is like the epitome of garbage microtransaction cell phone games. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, word comes from way of GameSpot's Haley Williams, who says that the long-awaited game mode will be releasing March 8th and promises races against friends in-game, nearby, or around the world. The game's online races will be split into casual and competitive. Casual play will allow you to race against your friends or people nearby and adjust the rule set while competitive play is all online and will have a set rule set determined by the game that will change daily. Interesting. There's also like a special online mode that if you pay five bucks a month, you can play in those tournaments. This is, I just don't understand because Nintendo usually does their mobile stuff pretty well, but something about Mario Kart, they were all like, just just buy a Switch, buy Mario Kart 8, you'll be a lot happier, trust me. Yeah, no, definitely. It's... <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. If you just save up the money, yeah. you you can either play a year of this game or buy it on the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Which I got it for sale for 40 bucks, so not even. Isn't that sad? I mean, that game came out originally on the Wii U, and you're all like, oh, it's 40 bucks, it's on sale, huh? Yeah. Diggity dog. <laughs> Nintendo games just don't lose their value. You don't. All right, Jordan, let's move on. We'll keep the bad news rolling. Number five, we're in the other <laughs> section now. After a couple weeks of developer after developer dropping out of the Game Developer Conference, or GDC, over fears of the coronavirus, GDC has officially been delayed until the summertime. Our information comes from Evo Strix, J. Nila? Nila. Uh, a statement originally posted to the actual GDC website says the following, quote, after close con um, consultation with our partners in the game development industry and community around the world, we've made the difficult decision to postpone the Game Developers Conference this March. Having spent the past year preparing for the show with our advisory boards, speakers, exhibitors, and event partners, we're genuinely upset and disappointed not to be able to host you at this time. We want to thank you. We want to thank all our customers and partners for their support, open discussions, and encouragement. As everybody has been reminding us, great things happen when the community comes together and connects at GDC. For this reason, we fully intend to host a GDC event later in the summer. We will be working with our partners to finalize details and we'll share more information about our plans in the coming weeks. End quote. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's, I mean, this coronavirus thing, like, I don't know whether to, like, be concerned or not. Like, it's clearly concerning. People are dying from it. Like, I'm sure if I had it, it would be very concerning. But, like, something just doesn't add up in my head, like, about the whole thing. It's like, w like, one minute, like, we're being told, oh, just wash your hands. And the next minute, they're like, oh, my God, it's coming for us. Like, 
And what really scares me is like, China is clearly the place most affected right now, and they're not telling us everything. Yeah. Like, there's no way that a, a country with a billion people alone only have like 50,000 people with this disease and the whole world's freaking out about it. Like, come on. Like I, I said, I, I believe it is a thing to be concerned about, but something just isn't adding up. Like, I also heard that the only casualties are coming from people with like, like pre-existing conditions, older people, or typically, yeah, yes. older, or like compromised immune systems. Right. So it's the same as like, oh, there's pneumonia going around or something like that. It's it's got the same like, it in my uneducated opinion, I'm gonna say that now, uh, it, it doesn't seem that much like different than like a heightened up, you know, cold. I haven't read the symptoms or anything like that, honestly. Right. But I, when yeah. I, from what I've seen, it seems like it can be pretty easily handled if you live in a uh, first world country with access to healthcare. The problem is, is the problem is you got to then go use that healthcare. And yeah. Like a problem we have in the states, it's so expensive to use that healthcare, even if you have it. Mm-hmm. It can get scary real fast. Yes. I mean, I have healthcare, but I can't imagine. What an overnight stay in the hospital would cost me. Oh, God. Thousands. No, thanks. Let me die. (laughs) Let's move on. Are we getting into happier news? Yes, we're getting into happier news. Jordan, number six, moving forward with their initiative to become a multi-game company, Riot Games, officially (laughs) revealed Project A's true name, Valorant. Our information, once again, comes from Ebrostrix, Jay Nala. In a tweet, Riot put out the game will be coming in summer 2020, along with a YouTube video showing off a round of the game. The game appears to be heavily inspired by Counter-Strike, showing off weapon purchasing, you can even buy your teammates' weapons unlike in Counter-Strike, bomb sites, and a level design that screams Counter-Strike with plenty of choke points to go around. While Riot has said they want the game or the gunplay to be core of the game and the most dangerous thing in the game, it also pulls from games like Overwatch in the sense that you can select character, specific characters that have specific skills, and you can even buy skills to use with throughout the game. The skills shown off in the video range from simple walls to gas clouds that deal damage. You can consider my interest peaked. Did you watch anything about this? I didn't. No. Uh, I, I do like that. I think the best part about League of Legends was the the champion, the lore. Honestly, so I'm um, glad that they're expanding on that. I, I I'm very interested to see where this is going. Yeah, and the neat thing about this one specifically is that this is brand new. Like this isn't in the League of Legends world, so this is all new lore. Somebody got to come up with a whole world for themselves. So yeah, I, I'm excited. It's good to see tactical shooters. Uh, I didn't put it in the news at all, but like, I mean, Counter Strike. Like, man, it just it hit its highest concurrence ever this last week. Really? Like a, it is not dying. A twenty-year-old game, like it's yeah. just still, it keeps going. It's solid. It's it, it's a solid game with a lot of solid core mechanics. Up, up to there it with too. the Chuck E. Cheese. With the Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> on our uh, on our very solid meter that we have. Yeah, I think it goes from Jordan to Chuck E. Cheese. We're in Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk Underground Skateboard. <laughs> uh, inside jokes. Jordan, let's move on. Number seven. Star Wars Battlefront 2 refuses to die despite its horrid launch and somehow has found itself somewhat thriving. um, Oh my goodness, let me restart that. I just completely just brain dead reading (laughs) things. Jordan, number seven. Star Wars Battlefront 2 refused to die despite its horrid launch and somehow found itself in a somewhat thriving situation 
at least within the community of players playing. They have been rewarded with constant updates and new one, The Age of Rebellion, is now live for players enjoy, to enjoy. My information comes from Lance over at App Trigger. Reinforcements have arrived for both sides in the Star Wars conflict, as the Rebellion can look forward to the mighty Ewok Hunters joining their ranks, using a bow, bringing a new um, gunplay playstyle to the game, along with a new array of abilities, including the Hunter's Instinct, allowing them to uncover nearby enemies. The bow's kind of neat. It's kind of like your traditional bow in a game where like, you kind of pull back, and like depending on how far you pull back, it's the drop Are the off. actual Ewoks? Yeah. So we got ourselves an oddball situation. Yeah, um, where you have to like aim down. Yeah, except like in, in <laughs> the modern day, we actually have like sticks, so aiming down isn't the end of the world. Yeah. Um, where was I? The Imperial side has the ISB agent who dual wields RK3 blasters and has the ability to increase speed and reduce damage while sprinting, helping this medium range class get to their sweet spot. Other changes to the game include other new weapons, new maps for co-op play and heroes versus villains, quality of life changes that include UI and AI updates, and more. If you would like a full rundown, you can go to the official Star Wars Battlefront 2 forums. The game is usually pretty dirt cheap these days, so if you want some Star Wars multiplayer fun, I recommend picking it up. I have it installed on my computer. I played it a little bit, I think at the end of the year. I'm, I'm going to get back into this Age of Rebellion along with the 12 other things I've told you I'm going to get back into today. You know what? If it's for PC, maybe I can scrounge up some money. I was about to say, and like, well, just wait. Like, I've got, like, seriously, when it was on sale, I picked it up for like five bucks. That's probably around the right of the range of. <laughs> you're of, willing to spend yeah, that I'm willing to spend on it. <laughs> Especially because you never know when you're going to need that five bucks. That's what I'm going to say, yeah. Number eight, Jordan. Speaking of games that refuse to die, although this one has always been beloved. Stardew Valley is set to get yet another update. Word comes directly from the game's sole developer, Eric Barron, who simply tweeted, quote, Thanks, everyone, for Stardew Valley's four-year anniversary wishes. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to another great year. Now that 1.4 is out on all intended platforms, I would like to announce that there will be another free content update, 1.5, and it's currently in the works, end quote. While nothing else was said of what the update might hold, it is exciting for fans of this life sim to have more content to look forward to. This guy's incredible. <laughs> One guy. <laughs> and he he's given everything that people wanted in the game. They were like, hey, can we have multiplayer? And you're like, you sure can. <laughs> Here you go. First stop. Well, and what's crazy about it, too, is um, you read, if you've ever read... And I recommend to anybody to read uh, Jason Schreier's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. It's basically a book, and every chapter is about a development on yeah. a game. And he talked to this guy about this, and like his girlfriend supported him for years working on this. And like she was all like, "I'm almost at wit's end. You got to put this out because he's such a perfectionist that like he probably could have put this game out like way sooner and been just as successful. But like he just <laughs> obsessed. Yo, no." Sorry about that. He just obsessed over everything. Like yeah. just, he, he's a perfectionist. He likes his craft. So I, I couldn't get into it, but there was just a little too like I don't know. Like they just games like that tend to throw so much at you at one point, and I get that's why people probably like them. But that's why I'm kind of curious. Like a game like Animal Crossing, that's a little simpler. Just kind of go with the flow. You don't necessarily feel like oh, I didn't plant these seeds at the right time of year, I'm screwed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the difference between, like, a life sim and, like, a, a farming simulator. It's, 
I, w I was used to it already because I played a lot of Harvest Moon when I was younger on the A Wonderful Life on GameCube, and I, I loved it. And then when I heard about Stardew Valley and about my, um, my friends mentioning it, and I was like, uh, there's that part of me that there's, it doesn't exist in everyone's head, but there's parts in my head that are like, everyone loves it right now. I don't want to love it. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry for being that person, but I immediately got rid of that and I started playing this and I'm like, this is, this is pretty incredible. And they're like, hey, you want it on the Switch? Yeah, here you go. It's a perfect platform to play it on. If you, if you. I, I played a lot of it on the computer, but I will admit to saying it's it's awesome on the Switch. Oh yeah, you can take it with you. Mm -hmm. It does seem like a Switch game. Do not even start barking, dog. He just gets so focused on things. He's yeah. such a good boy. <laughs> Letting us know that that other little dog probably was walking by. <laughs> Danger. Number nine, Jordan, the Roundup. Uh, I wasn't very... Like a lot of this was news I actually care, kind of cared about, so I wasn't yeah. too snarky until the end. But uh, anyway, Samurai Jack: Battle Through Time was announced and will be coming out this summer. I'm really excited about that. Like another yeah. Samurai Jack game, man. Come on, let's go. In 2020 of all times, like, man, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Upcoming anime-inspired MMO Blue Protocol will be receiving a global release. Halo: Combat Evolved just dropped today on PC without any hype or fanfare. Yeah, just like, Seth yeah, downloaded it today. Yep. He bought it and downloaded it. He's like, hey, you want to play the campaign with me? I'm like, I got to go look a podcast soon. <laughs> but hey, yeah, why not? Um, get your pistols ready because you don't need anything else in Halo 1. Mm -hmm. uh, Baldur's Gate 3 was shown off publicly for the first time this week. You can find that on YouTube. Half-Life Alex was also shown off publicly for the first time this week. You can find that on YouTube. It looks incredible, Jordan. Like, wow. Like, I can't believe a... A VR game looks the way it does, I'll especially have to check because that one out, yeah. VR games always look better when you have the headset on yourself. Yeah, and I think this looks good. Oh, so like, mm. get it. Death Stranding is coming to PC on June second. It will also be available on Steam in addition to the Epic Game Store. The Division Two expansion, Warlords of New York, is out now and live. And finally, Bethesda was surprised at how few people wanted to PvP in Fallout seventy six. I wonder how surprised they were when they realized how few people actually wanted to play Fallout 76. Yeah, they really screwed the pooch there, didn't they? They did indeed. Jordan, if you wanted to email us, we got no emails this week, but if you wanted to email us, where could you do that? You can email us at brotakumoc at gmail.com. B-R-O-T-A-K-U-M-O-C at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Well done. Nailed it. <laughs> Jordan, topic of the week. Uh, again, we kind of had a we kind of had a weird week with um I had to I didn't have to, but I stayed late to work last night and then I had to stay late again tonight a little bit. So, I wanted to make topic of the week nice and simple. Jordan, and I know this is one of those topics that could change depending on the day, but as of March 3rd, 2020, what are your top five Nintendo 64 games. Let's go round robin, kind of go back and forth. I will start, Jordan. Number five, I put Mario Party. The first one? Not two, not three. I'm not a coward, Jordan. Mario Party one. I want those mini games. I want that joystick right in the middle of my I remember home. the glove. I want to be spinning. <laughs> you see, we had the glove, but like, yeah. 
That's a baby's item, Jordan. Yeah, it you is. Just, you're, you're not going to get man, a, the, that last you're a couple man, of rotations. You're out there. You're tearing up that palm, mm-hmm. playing tug of war. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the one that started it all. Um, I always played minigame. I, I was a bigger fan of minigame islands, so like, it was a much speedier board game. I never really, never was really into the board game stuff, and I hate that's the way Mario Party went in the future. Like they just yeah. doubled down on the board game instead of like the mini games more. So, I don't know. I always just played that mode, so it was like a lot of mini games just over and over again. It's got some fun mini games. Um like not joking. I love those games where you're like you're cuz like it's it's an endurance like who yeah. who can handle the most pain sitting there spinning that thing. But then you got like just the great classics like the mushroom game where like you're it pops up a color mushroom and you're jumping around the mushrooms and the rest of them sink and if you sink into the water you're out. The shy guy says where it's just he's raising A and B flag and you're just following him and sometimes he tries to trick you and put like both up at the same time and drop it. God, there's just some good ones. There's the desert dash where it's that's a 2v2 and you're doing left or right on the stick at the same time. So you're sitting there like, but when you're playing with like four people, you don't want to like help them. <laughs> so you're like, okay, this is our cadence. Like, mm, good times. Mario Party 1, Jordan. Yeah. And in contrast to that, my favorite in my top five. Well, no, it's not my one, but you in my it. top five, yes, Mario Party 2. Ooh. Yes. Okay. I am that guy. Tell me why Mario Party 2 is better than Mario Party 1. Um, I think it takes the best stuff out of Mario Party 1, like the coolest minigames, especially the one you were talking about. It's called Hexagon Heat in Mario Party 2. And it's the same way. You gotta, yeah, all gotta go to the same color. And he'll he'll it'll go faster and faster, and that's where you know men are born. All right, <laughs> that's where that's where boys become men, girls become women. You know, you gotta step on your friend's head so he can't jump up immediately, and watch him say bye bye as he goes into the lava. And then there's the um, what was it? Oh my god, the first real panic attack in my life that I've ever gotten, like the highest anxiety that I've gotten, was playing that game. Where you put the plunger down, and like the the Bowser head will either go like like a like steam will come out and you're good, or it's the one that starts a countdown and you lose. And it's it's just it's a big old game of you know not even hot potato. There's a hot potato game in there too, and there was another one where um where the there's like the the honeycomb hive where you had to click a number. And then, like, that's the amount that you get, but one of them is, like, a is like a beehive, and you're trying to get it, like, the smallest amount, and you're trying to make it so that you get more than everyone else, but that next bee is going to drop on one of the other people that are playing. So, it, Mario Party 2, I love, you know, Western World, I love the space area, I love all these, like, new maps that they do, and then I also had the minigame island. Which I loved unlocking. I loved unlocking the minigame islands. And sometimes I would be in the mood to play with my brother and sister with, uh, you know, the actual board game. And sometimes we just went to minigame island. We just played a bunch of those over and over. So, my opinion, I've played both and I still think Mario Party 2 is better. Alright. Nintendo, million dollar idea. You can take it for free. Make your millions of dollars. So there was a game on the 3DS that was just the the games, I believe. Take that, put it on Switch, and then just have an online game mode and like be it like have it set up where it's like oh first person to ten games wins or whatever. 
can be as simple as that. Millions. I don't even want the board games. I just want the stupid games. Just give us what we need, which is the mini games. The, yeah, the stupid board game. It's like we played. Um, I, I played with your sister Alyssa, and one game night we just did Mario Party instead. It just takes too long. It, it and not only well, it takes a lot less than a hundred and like twenty turns or whatever it was. Like the longest <laughs> one that would take like four hours for you to complete, but um, it it's. Ah. I don't know. There's too many elements. Like they focus too much on the dice rolling now, like and and the item and play and stuff like that. It it doesn't have to do with anything to do with the um the actual like mini game aspect. And I I always loved like landing on a red or a blue space, and then you would have to do like one v threes or like two v twos, and then the lines were drawn in the sand at that point, <laughs> and that's when the game was on. Was when you got those mini games going. That was not the free for all ones, which were still kind of fun, were really fun. But when you teamed up with someone, like that was to me where the game was. The three v one tug of war in Mario Party. <laughs> yeah, one when with someone with, had the you had the rotate suit. stick. Oh god, good times, good times. Speaking of good times, Jordan, my number four, GoldenEye 007. The it's good. Not the OG first-person shooter, but definitely the first-person shooter that popular. I think it. I think it's definitely helped popularize the genre and especially the multiplayer aspects of the genre on console. Oh yeah, plus Gun Game was just amazing. It's beautiful. We always loved. We would play Basement, and we would do um, either everybody had to be had to be the short guy or nobody could be yeah. the short guy. No, the house rules. Yeah, yeah. The house Everyone rules. had those house rules. We played paintball mode and then we always played guy with the golden gun. Yeah. So there was like one golden gun in the whole game and sometimes, you know, that led to quick matches of one guy just <laughs> running around like that, 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 that. But other times, you know, you had good battles over the golden gun. It was fun times. Uh, like I said, I've never actually played the story mode in it. Do not care about it at really? all. Really? That's was always, interesting. It was always a multiplayer game to me and I feel like the next, I feel like Time Splitters has a lot to think golden eye for for getting things right and then time footers was all like hey look dual analog sticks oh hey and that that's really one first for like not necessarily time footers, but the dual analog stick that's yeah. definitely one first person it, shooters on console took off it was held back by the technology available to it at its time yeah it could like, have been a lot better like trying but to it was still amazing again the reason like either everybody was odd job or nobody was odd job because like you had to like hold r yeah. to like look up and down like it was it was miserable so yeah, I don't have much to say about that other than just like multi like that it was such a big multiplayer piece of my life. I should also say with my list real quick while I'm thinking about it, games like Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time would be on my list, but I didn't originally play them on N64. Like I didn't play Ocarina of Time all the way through for the first time until the DS version. So that that that's some stipulations on here. Also, games that I think were like way better later on, like Smash Brothers. Oh, uh, okay. I see what you yeah. mean. So, anyway. Jordan, you're up. I would have to say my number four, I probably spent quite a bit of time playing Donkey Kong 64. The game that never ends. What what value Donkey Kong 64? There was so much to collect in that game. There was a problem with my last action. Okay. Yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> but man, like, my siblings and I, we started that journey, like, over, like, like a decade ago. And then we just now came back to it, uh, like, two years ago. 
we were all playing like we would all come over and play that every night and man was it it was still difficult to go through and some of those things are still very hard i'm like i can't imagine uh younger us doing this like i have so much more experience with video games under my belt and those things were still hard <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the younger version of you, naive going into it, though, so there was no pressure. Yeah, that too. There wasn't the pressure of the finishing this unfinishable game. And we had to look up strategy guys. I was about to say, I, I never beat it at all. It just got to be too much. Again. Yeah, it's a lot of game. You get the most bang for your buck. And there was that one time we played during our 24-hour event. Oh, we the played the multiplayer. It was garbage. It was <laughs> Probably should have outlawed. Probably should have been an everybody's Diddy Kong or nobody's yeah, Diddy Kong yeah, rule. He was the odd job. There was a point where I was down, like I had like one life left, and everybody else had max lives, and I was a Diddy Kong, and I came back and won. Those little peanut guns, those little pe- and I just started blasting. Yeah, and I did. so, anyways, I started blasting. <laughs> yeah, so love that game. I still have very fond memories of it. And when I saw, I I didn't help them. There was a few of the nights I couldn't attend, but when they went back to those zones when I was there. I, I was hit a lot with nostalgia. The nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... Ne- like, I played quite a bit of it. I just never got enough into it. I think at one point I went over to Nick's house and he was on the last boss and I just beat the last boss on his game and I was yeah. like, okay. Which that was... Uh, that last boss was a lot of fun because, like, you had to use... Like, it was a giant boxing match against yeah. King K. Rule and, like, everybody fought him. And I always remember Tiny's part because she shrunk down and, like, had to get in his boot and, like, stub his toe. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Jordan, my number three, Pokemon Snap. How has there never been a sequel to Pokemon Snap? We'll never know. They'll, it'll be immortalized in all McDonald's play places for the rest I, I of our lives. So, if you some for some reason, I, I don't feel bad. But if you for some reason don't know what Pokemon Snap is, uh, it's basically just an on rails shooter. Yeah. Realistically, if you is. look at it, where you're taking pictures of different Pokemon. In their natural habitats. Yeah, and then you go back and Professor Oak's like, oh, welcome back! <laughs> and he gives you points based on that, and it's just like a this high score. It's a high score chasing <laughs> game. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, there's perfect pictures, you know, like yeah. you want... The Gar- oh, this Gyarados has got a little water on him. Wow, that's great. Like, this <laughs> He's not, not kidding. He's this Gyarados kidding. doesn't have enough water. No points. He's not kidding at all right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way that they would judge him. It's it's so good. Uh, that game is so amazing. We were just talking about it too. That's the first thing Seth said when I talked about top five Nintendo 64 games. He was like, Pokemon Snap. Absolutely. They had all these little, little hidden things you could do to get these other Pokemon that you could unlock. So, I remember... There was a Charmeleon that was walking around that lava pool. And if you throw an apple at him and knock him into the lava, he turns into a Charizard and he starts blowing fire at you. Mm-hmm. If you take photos while he's shooting fire at you, you get extra points. And there's just so many cool things like that. Eventually, in order to unlock the last level, which is just Mew, you're yeah. trying to take pictures of Mew, you have to like take pictures of these secret signs that are hidden yeah. throughout the levels. And like there's one, you have to hatch the Zapdos egg and then you have to play the polka flute while Zapdos is flying over the electric thing to turn on the generator so like it plays a picture like this yeah. projector shoots a picture of what you actually need to take a picture of which like, is there's you would so never much cool know stuff like that because there was just like it was rocks like and the shadows would be projected on top onto this like this screen and then it'll show you the hidden pokemon that you want or you have to look at this like crystal constellation this this these crystals in this cave and then you don't know what it looks like but when you go back and look at the photo it's Mewtwo (laughs) yeah 
And, and I, I think, too, I, I could be making some of this up, but, again, the, the gist of it's there. There, there's a part in order to get the Gyarados, you have to knock a magic magic harp into the water. Well, you have to knock, isn't it? Throughout the level, yeah. You have to knock him out of the water, and then at some point, like you have to have a manky kick him, yeah, or something like that, and it kicks him into the waterfall, and then he comes out of the waterfall. Like that, that. was always the hardest one for me is getting that. Like, yeah, Gyarados, Gyarados was always really hard. I mean, it's just, gosh, yeah. There was just so much cool stuff like that, and I, that game couldn't have cost anything to make. No, like. How is there not been a Pokemon Snap? I don't. Here? I don't get it. it. It should be a mobile game at the very, very, very least, and at the very most, it should be on the Switch. And I can tell you, this game's so good, guys. You shoot apples at this Pikachu on a beach, lead it to a surfboard, it picks up the surfboard and starts surfing, and then you take pictures of him doing that. It's so good. It's so good. I'm not even gonna mention Hey You Pikachu because ambitious sucks. It, yeah. it sucks. It there was like a little hard. microphone thing too yeah. with it. It didn't work. You would tell him to go the other way, and and you would start cursing. It would no curse words, and it would shock you. Angel <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> so that was my number three, Jordan. What is your number three? My number three, I would probably, you know, I was gonna say Mortal Kombat three, but I really was just too scared to play that game <laughs> when I was a kid. So I would have to say. Oh, God, I, I had the perfect list. It'd probably have to be Pokemon Stadium 2. Okay. Yes. I, I struggled. I, I wanted to put a Pokemon Stadium on here, but I don't know. When I just started thinking about it, I was like, I don't think it's... There's just so many good N64 games. It's, probably, yes. it's funny, there's not like a lot of N64 games, but there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, and, I, and I'd have to say um, I'm going to put Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 in the same slot okay. because the mini games were the best part. Oh, my goodness. And not to mention, Ekans. yes, Ekans <laughs> ring toss. Yeah, and uh, what was it? Um, they had the cartridge. Like that's how you played your Pokemon games. It's because you could play it at triple the speed. Oh yeah, and you could just get it rid of all makes that it dumb bearable. Crap. <laughs> yeah, it makes it bearable. So they had a little player for that. And also before the internet was a big thing, believe it or not, guys, uh, back when dial-up was snappers. a thing. Yeah, uh, the best way to look up. Pokemon typings and evolutions, and without having to buy an actual guide from a store, was this Pokemon game. It had a library and a uh, kind of like a guide where it, it taught you all the the type advantages and disadvantages and stuff like that. It told you when Pokemon evolved. It taught which Pokemon learned this move and that move. And I used that. I would have that up while playing my game just so I would know, you know, when is this guy going to evolve or when does he learn this move. So. It, it was it was a big part of my childhood. I remember when Pokemon Stadium 2 came out, my dad picked me up from school that day and was all like, you've got an hour, then you got to finish your homework, and then you can play again. Hey. And I was like, all right. All right, Jordan. My number two, Super Mario 64. A lot of people say this game doesn't age well. They are wrong. This game has aged like a fine wine, in my opinion. I'll save you some time. That's my number two as well. Perfect. <laughs> so we'll, uh, I'll let you discuss it a little bit if I don't cover anything that you also agree with. I think this is still the best 3D Mario game ever made. It's the first one ever made. I still think it's the best one. It was... I, uh, caveat, I've never actually played Sunshine. Like, outside of, like, a demo kiosk for, like, five minutes. You know, those good old GameCube demo kiosks. But um, I think this is the best 3D Mario game ever made. Um, I like that the levels... It still had a very big feel. Like, it yeah. still gives you that big open vibe that Odyssey has. 
but it wasn't so big and just needlessly loaded with things. Like, every level had seven stars to get, technically six, but then you got the seventh one if you collected 100 coins. Yeah. But, so that way, like, you still had these big, fairly decent-sized play spaces, but everything was put in them for a reason. It wasn't like it was just built big and then they threw stuff in there for the sake of having stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if that's how Odyssey was made, but, like, I almost feel like that was how it was made. Like, I feel like they made the levels because they wanted a very big game, and then they're all like, cram something in that corner and do it. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. I believe that the other 3D Mario games wouldn't even be contenders if it wasn't for what they picked up while making Super Mario 64. Because I see, as, as soon as I see something in one of the other 3D Mario games, I'm instantly brought back to the 64 version of when they did it. And they expounded on this small idea and they make it into like a whole, like, there's a level in Super Mario 64. It's very condensed. And it, that can be an advantage like you were talking about before. But they expound on it, they expand on it in the other games. Like they might make that a whole level in Odyssey. Like the whole lava level. But now it's like a, it's a world. And it's the same thing with Galaxy, too. I think Galaxy and Sunshine are, in my opinion, are... They, they take what they did in 64 and they, they made it better. But I don't think they would have been good without 64. My problem with Galaxy, specifically, is I think it's a very good game. But my problem is, like, it was too linear. Like, it was... It, it, it was like the levels felt like 64 levels but i didn't like yeah. how like you picked what star you were going for and the level basically just kind of shepherd you like it would change just to kind of push you right to the star you were going to it i think like... you would have liked sunshine then because it is the, it is the opposite of that the people that were complaining about it not being linear enough were referring to sunshine and then things like the galaxy is the quintessential like this is straight from like the Mario, like Super Mario World sort of things. Mm-hmm. And then what you were looking for, it was probably in Sunshine. I mean, I personally, and like I said, I like Galaxy. Galaxy is much better than a lot of games. Yeah. Like, don't get that wrong. But I even think like 3D World is better than oh. Galaxy. Oh, Aaron. That hurts. I know. I know. 3D World. <laughs> I love 3D World. That was such a good game. I think it's because I also I, played it with people. Like I, I, I got the full experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so of of hitting each other off. Yeah. It the wasn't crown like off a, each other. It wasn't like it. a game that I played. And I I played most of it with people. Like yeah. there were a couple levels I cleaned up by myself, but like I really didn't play it by myself. In my so. opinion, the the 3D Mario games when there's multiplayer beats any other. In my opinion. I have to apologize about all my animals today. we got the dog barking, the cat meowing. Like, it just is what it is. I live in a zoo. <laughs> Jordan, anything else to say about Super Mario 64? Other than every time... I, I feel like I don't remember a lot of that game. But when I play other games, I'm remem- like I'm remembering things that happen in Mario 64. But I'll never just like sit down and think, this is what you do next in Super Mario 64. That's what you do next. But I'll remember it when I'm playing other games. Strange. Jordan, my number one, Gauntlet Legends. Really? Yes. So this is another game. um, We were playing it at the arcade one day. My dad, Nick, and I, we were at the the old Cherry Valley Mall arcade, Aladdin's Palace. (laughs) (laughs) Aladdin's Palace was the really old one. I forgot what it was became, but... Anyway, we were we were there and we were My playing goodness. we were playing the, we were playing Gauntlet Legends and my dad had such a good time. We went to media play. 
Yep, yep. We went to wow. media play afterwards, and he bought this game for the N64 Age for drop. us. Yep. <laughs> and, oh my goodness, what, what can I say about Gauntlet Legends? I think Gauntlet Dark Legacy, which is basically Gauntlet Legends Plus, is a better yep. game. And mm-hmm. that's on PlayStation 2 and GameCube that era. But, um, man, this one, I play, put so much time into it. Nick and I, like... Wrote, like, wrote into like game cheats like with stuff we found <laughs> in the game like we found like glitches where like if you loaded a save or something like oh it, my it goodness would, it would pop in stuff like oh man it was it was a lot of fun and it was it's another one of those games where like you could play through basically and not see half the game like there were these rune stones hidden in all the levels and that would Summon like that would get you to Scorn's Lair, where you could actually fight the true boss of the game. And oh like, my goodness! Some of these rune stones were hidden in locations. Um, it's like a third person. Uh, it's an isometric like action game. Yeah. I think that would be how you say it. It's an R- It's got some RPG elements, although it's not like it all happens in the background most of the time. Yeah. And man, it's just it's so much fun. I remember. And again, I, it was a game I played with people. I think that was a big thing with the N sixty four. Looking at this, you know. Three of my five game top games are all like real multi like big multiplayer games, and it was, I think it's a testament of the time yeah. for me. Like I was a kid. Like, it was the was, quintessential was time, like like coming of age game for a lot of people. Yeah, and unlike today, where it's like kids are playing Fortnite, and there's nothing wrong with Fortnite. Fortnite's a great game, but like back in our day, you missed the couch co-op. Back in our day, when you wanted to play games with friends. A lot of times, like, not everybody had internet. Not everybody had good internet. You had to go to the person's house and throw in another controller. He's screen peeking. <laughs> Which Mario Kart <laughs> says to do in the in the thing. Yeah. I used to be a big Mario Kart 64 defender. Yeah. And it finally just hit the point where I'm like, I can't defend this game anymore. <laughs> Still better than Double Dash, but I can't defend that game anymore. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You know my opinion on Double Dash. I okay? know most of my friends' opinion on Double Dash is incredibly high. Too high. Yes. We've all been brainwashed. Yes, we have. Gladly. Brainwashed. I, I, I tell you. But that's a, that's a GameCube game. That's a discussion Mario for Kart another time. Wii better than Double Dash. Don't you dare. <laughs> Jordan, what's your number one? Bring it home. Well... Sorry, you didn't have the same luxury as me, but my favorite is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Very nice. Very I nice. played it for the 64. And truthfully, I'll say this right now. When I was a kid, I thought Ze- I didn't like Zelda. I didn't like the game. I thought it was, like, again, was a little, thought it was too hard. I just didn't like I didn't like it. Yes. Like, I tried playing it a couple times. Like, I, Nick always had it, but I just didn't like it. I would have played it sooner if, you know, I got a Rumble pack like you're supposed to have and to play Majora's Mask because that's what would have been the first one that I bought actually uh, I actually have a bad story of renting Majora's Mask from Blockbuster and not Blockbuster uh, what's that one um, one of those places Family Dollar or whatever oh Hollywood Hollywood Video yes. yeah, Hollywood nice. Video I rented it from Hollywood Video and they didn't tell me about the Rumble Pack being needed so I just got this game, and I'm like, I can't do anything with it. I can't play it. Because she was like, my mom was like, why aren't you playing your new game? And I'm like, I can't. Because you didn't <laughs> buy it for me, mom. You didn't give me the Rumble Pack. But yeah, so I, I, Ocarina of Time. What what can you say about this game that hasn't already been said? It just, it it really inspired me to love problem solving. It The puzzles in that game were just like, they may seem basic now, but back in the day, those like, they're definitive now. 
And right. if you go, if someone that's played a lot of games goes back and play Ocarina of Time, it may be a little boring. I was about to say, I definitely think, especially having got, gotten to it late, I yeah. think it's one of the worst 3D Zelda games, but its yes. importance can't be understated. Of course, yes, because it, it, it they built upon that so well and did other things. Like, it, it's definitely not my favorite Zelda game of all time, of course not. I, I love Twilight Princess about, more than it. We need to we, we need to get some people in here because I feel like Twilight Princess is a criminally underrated. It 3D is criminally Zelda underrated. Uh, I get that the, the art style are amazing as well, but like man, like design wise, I feel like that's a great. Oh game. yeah, it's got the best. In my opinion, it's got the best combat system uh, since Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild beats it, mm. but three years old that, today as of recording Breath of the Wild and the Nintendo the Switch. Wild. Yes, congratulations. Mm. But okay. yeah, it, it just Ocarina of Time. You can just shield and attack. There, it was mostly just the puzzles, and the, it, it established the one, two, three uh, rule. If hitting the big glowy weak point on a monster, <laughs> in my opinion, I, I think there's other ones. Obviously, Mario was like stop on his head three times, whatever. But this was the one. Uh, you know, the whole camera angle thing, being able to redirect your camera using the the control, uh, the the C keys, uh, C buttons. Uh, was pretty big at the time because the only person that the only thing that could do that before was Mario, uh, Super Mario sixty four, with the camera, and even then it was kind of janky. But uh, Z targeting was amazing. Uh, some of those bosses just I could still remember them. Phantom Ganon, uh, when you would have to like look at the, I the think portraits. The forest Temple in general. Very the Forest dungeon. Temple. It was so hard for me growing up that I had to stop and leave it for like four months. Because I got stuck, and the... I got scared at those guys that would drop down on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. The, I was like, Ugh. the The wall, the wall master. And this is as an adult. Like <laughs> yes, that game is terrifying. Like, the, the whole, like, uh, like, Dark Temple or whatever like that, some of those things are terrifying. Like, even the, the areas, the music in this game was defining as well. Um, just so much. Gerudo Valley, uh, Song of Storms, uh, S- uh, Sario's song. It's it's so good. It's it's so good, but I can definitely say it's not my favorite um, of all time. But out of all the Nintendo sixty four games, it's my favorite. All right, excellent. Another topic of the week in the bag, Jordan. Yeah. That was our top five N sixty four games, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna wrap up the show this week. Um, yeah, I don't know what next week's topic's going to be. Maybe it'll be Gaming on a Budget 3. Maybe it'll be... Maybe it'll be GameCube games. Problem is, I never really played GameCube, but I think I can hold... Uh, I mean, I played GameCube, but I never owned a GameCube, so... I think you played I, someone else's GameCube? I always played Josh's. You played Josh's GameCube. I think I can come up with five GameCube games. <laughs> well, let's invite Josh from the dead, and we can ask about his GameCube favorites. He'll never come. He'll never come. He'll be sick. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Rest in peace. He's not listening to this. <laughs> if you are, Josh, come on. Like He's not yeah, dead, but he's dead. We'll, we'll, we'll gladly have Josh on here. Yes. I, I feel like Josh and I one time, oh, God, this is, Josh and I loved X-Play. Yeah. The G4 show. <laughs> yeah. So we made our own. <laughs> Wait, uh, what? On the camera. And we did things like, like, we made some, like, horrible, like, we didn't have, neither of us had an Xbox, so our Xbox coverage, we were like, 
Master Chief is back in Halo 2. And we had, like, Josh chasing Matt Slade around the, like, <laughs> backyard. And, he's, and I was like, look at the Master Chief as he chases down the grunt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is this is just like those uh, those commercials that you guys did back in high school. Or, like, the, the band video. Yeah, it's, kind of. This is lore. It's I didn't lore. know about this lore. lore. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had it somewhere still. I'm sure it's cringy. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure it's so cringy. I'm but sure. then, like... The hidden yeah. tapes. Gosh, we we, we um we did like what, the segment we did in it was like the top handhelds of all time, but we didn't pre-talk about it, so we were like, I was like, I wanted the PSP to be the top handheld, and like Josh was like hell bent on the DS being the top handheld, yeah. so I was like, I'm getting rid of the DS first. He's like, I'm getting rid of the PSP first, and then we we're both just sitting there staring at each other. Like, <laughs> well, I guess it's the Game Boy Advanced, <laughs> the Survivor. Yeah, yeah. Fun times. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. Josh, get on here. Let's do this. We've got <laughs> Xboxes now. Your formal invitation. I know you're listening. The show. I know you're listening. It'll be called You Play. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that service that kept me from playing. No, Division not two. the yeah. service. We don't want to get sued, Jordan. Mm. You show. play Y-O-U. U-X play. play. U-X play. <laughs> X, X play you. We, we do the X's on each side of the name. Ooh, like a, the, the gamer tags. Dot <laughs> TTV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get out of here. Jordan, until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>